Welcome back folks to the Geezer Gus Presents Comedy Series. I'm so very thrilled you tuned in. Today's comedy episode is a classic from the Duffy's Tavern radio show series. This episode is titled Television Play. Mickey Rooney also makes an appearance as well. Duffy's Tavern featured celebrity guest stars, and always hooked them around the misadventures, get-rich-quick schemes, and romantic antics surrounding the tavern's manager Archie. This episode is brought to you by our friends at BoomerFlix.com. At BoomerFlix, you can watch hundreds of the old classic television shows, along with the old classic comedy, westerns, horror, and science fiction movies too. So give BoomerFlix.com a visit, and enjoy the old classics again. Now, enjoy this episode of Duffy's Tavern, titled Television Play. Also, visit GeezerGus.com to see all the program shows and episodes. Thanks. Hello, Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meat to eat, Archie the manager speaking, Duffy ain't here. Hello, Duffy, uh, tonight, uh, Mickey Rooney. Yeah, that's the guy, short, freckled, blonde hair, pug nose, <laughs> sort of a Van Johnson at half mass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit of a guy, and in fact, they tell me when two grasshoppers meet, one says to the other... I ain't seen you since you was knee-high to Mickey Rooney. That's <laughs> right. His size is a bit of a problem, too, you know, especially in Hollywood. Well, you know, he's too short to be a lover and too tall to be a producer. <laughs> Uh, coming down to the tavern tonight to star in a new television show I'm writing. Uh, television, Duffy, you know, uh, TV, or uh, as they call it in the trade, uh, voodoo. <laughs> huh? Well, Duffy, let me put it this way. You know the saying, uh, vaudeville is dead? Well, television is where you watch the funeral. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think, Duff, uh, Duffy, I think Rooney should be great for television. Well, sure, you know, uh, they got them little seven-inch screens. <laughs> He's a natural. <laughs> well, look, Duffy, I'm busy now. I'll call you back. Uh, hey, Archie, what's this about you writing a television program? That's right, Miss Duffy. I'm going to get into television while it's still in its infancy. What are you trying to do, stun its growth? <laughs> Besides, what do you know about writing television? What's to know? I wrote radio plays. Uh, television is exactly the same, except you dub in the faces. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you take my advice, you'll forget television and stay right here where you got a steady job and a security of $15 every week. You call that security, Miss Duffy? I've had me back to the wall so long, the handwriting is on me. <laughs> Now, look, Miss Duffy, I, uh... Oh, uh, hello, Miss Duffy. Oh, hey, did you hear that? Hey, did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason you shouldn't hear it twice. <laughs> you read two newspapers, don't you? Uh, Eddie, may I repeat? Yeah, uh, go ahead. Did you hear the news? Archie's writing for television. Oh, ain't they having enough trouble? <laughs> look, don't laugh television off, Eddie. It's a big thing, and... In fact, I often wonder how people ever got along without it. I don't know. Just lucky, I guess. <laughs> Eddie, from the tone of your inference, I gather you don't like television. Oh, it's all right while you're sitting at a bar watching it. Just that I don't like the after effects. 
You mean the eye strain. No, the hangover. Yeah, you're right, Eddie. Speaking personally, I'll still take radio. Radio? Miss Duffy, I see you're still living in the Middle Evil Ages. <laughs> Why don't you get up to date and realize that the future always progresses the past? We got to advance. The television is to radio what the caliper is to the old-fashioned slide rule. But what does that mean? With a thought that deep, one does not stop to analyze. Well, tell me, deep one. <laughs> Who's going to act in this show of yours? Only Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney! Now, look, play off. <laughs> I need him for the show, and there ain't enough of them to go around. <laughs> So both foot out of here, I'd like to finish the script now. Let's see. Uh, act two. Our hero enters. He's a man of the world. Handsome. Dashing. Debonair. An amused smile plays about his intelligent face. He speaks. <laughs> Finnegan. Uh, what you doing? I'm uh, writing a play uh, for uh, TV. That's nice. TV who? It ain't a who, Finnegan. Uh, TV is uh, slang for the idiom. Uh, oh. In other words, uh, well, what is it that people go into the living room for every night and turn out the lights and uh, watch for hours? The day next door. <laughs> I'm talking about a different kind of entertainment, television. Oh, 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 Dad. Uncle Louie's got one of them things. Oh, yeah? You like to watch it? Well, I can't make up my mind, Arch. Uh, I don't get to see much of it, thanks to me sister. How come? Well, Uncle Louie's set's got a seven-inch screen, and me sister's got a 12-inch head. Oh. Well, in that case, why don't you sit in front of your sister? That's where my Uncle Horace sits. Well, if he's sitting in front of her, how can she see? Well, she can see. You know Uncle Horace. Oh, yeah, the one with the hole in his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He thinks television is wonderful. He yeah, would. By, yeah, by the way, uh, what's this television show that you're writing on? Well, it's sort of a soap opera. Watch. I wish you wouldn't use that word. Opera? No, soap. <laughs> Every time I mention that word around the house, my old man washes me mouth out with dirt. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. To make your old man happy, I'll change it. I'll write a dirt opera, Finnegan. Oh, <clears throat> well, Joe Moran. Hey, Joe, you're a radio guy. What do you think of television? I don't know. I don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll send that to Fred Allen. <laughs> but uh, I asked you a question. Uh, well, frankly, Arch, I think television is going to kill the motion picture business. <laughs> I thought the motion pictures did that themselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very funny. Uh, mind if I send that to Fred Allen? Where do you think I got it? <laughs> Anyway, when I'm driving that, Joe, you know I'm uh, writing a television show. Oh? Well, when does it start? Well, as soon as I find a sponsor. Uh, a sponsor, huh? Yeah, you know, a censor with money. <laughs> <laughs> well, any chance of a job in this show, Arch? Acting? Yeah. 
Oh, it could be, but uh, would you mind first giving me an audition? Oh, not at all. I'd like to make sure that you can run the gimlet of emotions. And <laughs> uh, now... <laughs> Now, uh, let me see your uh, register, for instance, uh, love. You know, like Charles Boyer. Uh, okay. Ah, uh, toujours l'amour, Truchet. Ah, uh, had they come with me to the drugstore. I will shower you with Truchet, the creamy, fragrant hand lotion that keeps hands feeling smoother, looking lovelier. This is the hottest lover since Lanny Ross. <laughs> Look, Joe, uh, try another one. See what you can do with sorrow. Okay, get a load of this. Oh, please, don't take away my bottle of Truchet. What would I do without it? It's different from other hand lotions. Because it has a unique beforehand extra that protects hands from chapping. Well, how's that for sorrow, Arch? Pretty sorry performance. <laughs> Would you like to try for fright? Okay. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. As long as Truchet is on your hands, before you do dishes or go outdoors, they're guarded against chapping. Water chapping as well as weather chapping. Well, Arch, how was that for fright? Frightful. Well, Arch, you mean my acting leaves something to be desired? It leaves something, Joe, but it ain't to be desired. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Excuse me, Joe. Eddie, Eddie, look who just come in. Mickey Rooney. What? There, walking in under the swinging doors. <laughs> Eddie, watch me flatter the guy. <laughs> well, Gary Cooper. <laughs> How are you, tall in a saddle? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, just a minute, Arch. I'm Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney? That's well, right. how time flies upwards. Uh, <laughs> tell me, Mick, uh, what's new with you? I don't know. I haven't read the gossip columns today. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta send that to Fred Allen. <laughs> Well, Mick, it certainly is good to have you down here to the tavern. Tell me, uh, how come you never visited us before? Well, up to now, Arch, my studio has been very strict with me. Yeah, huh? Uh, what do you mean? Well, my contract says I can't bail out of a plane, jump into a volcano, or go over Niagara Falls in a barrel, or be seen in Duffy's Tavern. <laughs> Think I'll send that one to Milton Burrell. <laughs> Tell me, Mickey, uh, speaking of television, as we do in circles, uh, <clears throat> is it true that, uh, true what they say in Hollywood... Uh, what's that, Arch? That the movie business is falling apart? Arch, if things get any worse, the studios are going to produce the popcorn and hand out the pictures in the lobby. That's what. <laughs> yeah. Things are pretty desperate out there in Hollywood, huh? Desperate? Do you want to know a secret? What? Do you know what they're planning to do? What? Turn out good pictures. <laughs> No. Mick, they wouldn't dare. It's the last resort. Mm. Well, I guess it's what they say is true. There's no business in show business. Uh, <laughs> but you're a trooper, Mick. You ain't got nothing to worry about. Uh, incidentally, how did you ever start in show business anyhow? Well, that goes back a long time, Arch. You see, when I was a baby, Mom and Dad wanted to find out what I was best suited for. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
So right after I was born, they had the nurse give me a test. Test, uh, right? Yeah. On one side of me, she put a doctor's satchel, and on the other side, a lawyer's briefcase. Why did you reach back? The nurse. <laughs> So, uh, they decided to make you an actor then, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I went into vaudeville with my mom and dad. Yeah, huh? How old was you then? Uh, two years old. Two years, yeah. What'd you do before that? <laughs> well, Arch, to tell the truth, I just loafed a little bit. But those were the days, good old vaudeville, the Chinese jugglers, the tightrope walkers, uh, Weber and Field. Yeah, <laughs> Gallagher and Sheen. Hammocker and Schlemmer. <laughs> I used to love them acts. You know, I often wonder whatever happened to them corny old vaudeville jokes. You really want to know? Yeah. I sent them to Fred Allen. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I was just... <clears throat> well, Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> and again, it's Mickey Rooney. Arch, it's Edward G. Robinson. I'm telling you, it's Mickey Rooney. Okay, we'll ask him. Hey, bud, who are you? <laughs> Never mind who I am, say. I'm the fellow that asked the questions around here, see? This is my territory, see? Ah! Ah! You're right, Arch. It's Mickey Rooney. Hey, Mickey, there's an idea. Them dialects of yours, they're perfect for television. Me? Me, Arch, on, on television? Why, certainly. You see, the way I figure it, them uh, television audiences are uh, tired of wrestling and hockey. They're, they're crying for something else to get tired of. Uh... <laughs> well, uh, tell me, what are you going to give them? You. <laughs> now, how would you like to play the lead in a daytime soap opera? How would you like a poke in the eye with a sharp stick? <laughs> now, look, don't make no hasty decisions. There's room for good acting in television, you know. It's... It's a medium where, if anything is well done, it's rare. <laughs> you can send that one back to Pick and Pat, too. Can you? <laughs> Look, Mick, please, don't be jovial about this. You've got your future to think of. You know, uh, you've been around a long time now, and you ain't getting no taller, kid. <laughs> now, please, uh, don't pass this up. Don't be a schmo, you know, there's a... A lot of room on television for tall, handsome, good-looking types like yourself. Ah, that did it. The schmo must go on. <laughs> well, Mickey, did you read the me television script? Yeah. Uh-huh. What'd you think of it? It should happen to Butch Jenkins. <laughs> We're saving him for the Hardy family. Look, this, uh... <laughs> this thing just, uh, this thing just, uh... It just looks bad on paper. Uh, where do you hear it? <laughs> now, uh, leave us run through it. You see, in the first scene, you play a married man. By the way, you've been married, ain't you? <laughs> Arch, pound for pound, I'm the most married guy in Hollywood. <laughs> That'll help you handle a part. Now, uh, you're the husband, uh -huh. and uh, Finnegan is your rival. Finnegan is the rival. I say, well, who finally wins the girl, Archie? Uh, you do, the husband. Who plays the girl? You do. I'll play the rival. Look, <laughs> right, Mitch, in television, they all look like that. Uh, 
Okay, we'll, uh, we'll switch it around. You played a rival, Mickey. Now, places, everybody. Uh, Mr. Melnick, uh, Framfair, please. Thank you. Okay, now, Eddie, uh, you exit from the left and read the opening announcement there. Ladies and gentlemen, to those of you who are watching this television program at home, I say greetings. And to those of you who is watching it in bars, I say order a double. You'll need it. <laughs> hey, please, just read what's wrote there, will you? <laughs> now I give you the director of our voodoo playhouse, Mr. Cecil B. DeArche, our head... <laughs> the head billiard. Hey, hey, dude. Thank you, thank you. Uh... Thank you. Uh, good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Tonight... <laughs> Tonight we bring you another episode in the true life story of lovable old John and his pretty young wife, lovable old Mary. <laughs> A story that asks the question, can two people in love find happiness? As our scene opens... John, a brilliant young banker, unexpectedly returns home from his office to find his wife, Mary, making love to the Iceman. A typical American family. <laughs> As our story begins, we find lovable old Mary speaking to lovable old John. What's the idea coming home so early, you jerk? <laughs> Uh, good evening, Mary. Uh, Mary, don't think me suspicious, but why is that derby hat hanging in the hallway? Uh, I'm taking trombone lessons. <laughs> well, uh, what about them ice tongs on the couch? Ice tongs? Uh, I borrowed them from a neighbor. I lost my eyebrow tweezers. <laughs> Uh, uh, Mary, would you think me suspicious if I just asked one more question? What is it? What are you doing on the Iceman's lap? John, you mean you put two and two together? Uh, yeah, and it adds up to... Uh, uh, four? I'm sorry, John, but I've loved him for years. Loved him, do you hear? Uh, you mean all this time you've been cold to me? You've been warming up to the Iceman? John, John, let's be civilized about this. Let's not make a scene of it, shan't we? Uh, Mary, it's too late. We gotta have a showdown. Iceman, tell me, do you love Mary? I'm asking you. Speak now or forever hold my wife. <laughs> Mickey, that's your cue. Give out with a love scene, like Clark Gable. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, Finney, give him the cue again. Uh, Iceman, do you love my wife? All right. All right, you ask me. I'm going to tell you, sure, I love your wife. I love her, do you hear? That's the way it is, and that's the way it's going to be, brother. Why, you, you, you cat, take your cold hands off of her. John, I'm afraid it's too late. You mean... His hands are no longer cold. <laughs> and I believe in you. Do you hear? 
You... You might as well be mad about this, lovable Judd. I'm taking Mary away with me. Away, do you hear? The lovable old Mary. Is this true? Yes, lovable old John. <laughs> this is the end. The bitter? The bitter. Well, it had to happen to somebody. Good luck to you. Well, so long, sucker. I hope there's no hard feelings. <laughs> sucker, huh? Little does he know I didn't pay the ice bill. <laughs> And now, now that Mary has run away with the Iceman, what will happen to John? Will he find new happiness with the refrigerator? <laughs> Only time will tell. But first, a word from one of our sponsors. Folks, as you know, we're celebrating National Eat-A-Plate-A-Rutabaker Week. <laughs> For robust and vigorous health, try Colucci's rutabagas. The rutabaga with the pedigree. <laughs> One single helping of Colucci's rutabagas contains more iron than the double bed spring. <laughs> and it's twice as delicious. <laughs> so remember, if it's iron that your system lacks, fill your stomach with rutabagas and listen to the clink. <laughs> and above all, remember our sponsor's jingle. A. Avocado. B. Boiled potatoes. C. Succotaceous. And B. C. And folks, back to our smell of vision. Uh <laughs> I'll ignore it. <clears throat> and now back to our story. The scene is 20 years later. Loverable old John has sank lower and lower. He has tried everything to forget. He's drifted from job to job. Western Union boy, song plugger, lighthouse keeper, general in a South American army. But all the time his mind was elsewhere. In desperation, he finally tried the want ads. And that was how John became a doctor. <laughs> As luck would have it, Mary, in the meantime, had became a nurse. Our next scene is in the hospital. The head of this hospital is the famous Dr. Gillespie, played by Mickey Rooney. That's you. I, I thought I was the Iceman. We're short of actors. As our scene continues, there is a patient waiting on the operating table as Dr. Gillespie speaks. Oh, see here, Nurse Mary. I want you to prepare this patient for surgery. Looks like it's going to be a very delicate operation. Then, then only you can operate, Dr. Gillespie. You, with those skillful, highly trained, sensitive surgeon's hands. Will you do it? No, hang it all. On my last operation, I seem to have sewed my fingers together. <laughs> then, then who will operate? I'll find out, nurse. Is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> I say, is there a doctor in the house? Uh, I am a doctor. <laughs> you, uh, you are a doctor? Uh, yes. I am lovable old Dr. John. Nice, have you got the scalpel? Yes, doctor. What does it read? 
Temperature's down to 108. 108? That's pretty low. We better put him back in the sun. <laughs> uh, but first, let me look at the patient. Gee, Hossifats, it can't be. Who? My rival, the Iceman. Yes, there was the Iceman on the operating table. <laughs> Lovable old Dr. John's hated rival that had took his wife away. What should John do? What would you do? And Dr. John's trembling hand was a scalpel, sharp as a surgeon's knife. <laughs> One tiny slip of this scalpel, and the operation might be a success. <laughs> Dr. John moves slowly toward the operating table. He looks down at his helpless victim, his mind racing blindly. Slowly, he raises his scalpel. And then... But first, a word from our sponsor. <laughs> If you sticking on kicking the bucket, <laughs> see Cavendish, the smiling undertaker. Ask him about his free trial plan. <laughs> Only 20 easy payments. Folks, here's your chance to drop dead and save money. <laughs> and remember our slogan, have a Cavendish funeral while you are still young enough to enjoy it. <laughs> and now, back to our television play. Thank you, Eddie Green. <laughs> <laughs> Scalpel poised in midair, Dr. John hesitates as he faces the most momentous decision of his life. He thinks of Mary and the Iceman, and words from the past streak up through his subconsciousness. <laughs> I'm taking Mary away with me. Away, do you hear? Yes, John, and I'm leaving you. Do you hear? <laughs> Dr. John, snap out of it. Uh, uh. What's the matter, Doctor? Hearing voices? Yeah, but don't worry. I hear them all the time. <laughs> well, tell me, have you made up your mind, my boy? Will you operate? Uh, yes. Even though the Iceman is my hated rival, I'll still operate. Ah, uh, stout fellow. Doctor? Yeah? Shall I boil the instrument? No, oh, let's just fry him for a change. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. John? Yes? Dr. John, we'd better hurry. The patient seems to have trouble with his breathing. I'll soon put a stop to that. <laughs> quick, Nate. Quick, Ether. Ether. Ah, oh, that clears me head. <laughs> now, now, give something to the patient. Dr. Gillespie? Yes. Sponge. Sponge. Cotton. Cotton. Scissors. Scissors. Ouch. Sorry. Bandage. Bandage. It's a tense moment. Dr. John begins the operation. First, he sutures the hemostat. <laughs> then, his sensitive fingers working swiftly but carefully, he stitches a hole in the epidermis and skewers up the dorsal fin. <laughs> Finally, Dr. John speaks. Uh, gentlemen, the patient will walk again. You mean the operation was a success, my boy? Yep. But I never seen a waste case of tonsils. Oh, oh, Doctor John, you're wonderful. Well, I did. Wait, that voice, nice. Take off that mask. But I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> Mary, it's you. <laughs> uh... 
I hope you enjoyed this latest Geezer Gus Presents episode. Stay tuned for the next exciting episode. Please check back often, and make sure to subscribe to my podcast, so you won't miss the new exciting episodes. In the meantime, scroll up or down to find other exciting episodes to listen to. Don't forget to visit geezergus.com to see and listen to all the program categories and episodes. I really want to say a special thank you to all of the Patreon supporters for helping to keep Geezer Gus Presents online. Your support is truly appreciated. Thanks for stopping by. Bye-bye for now.